are here with the Across Continuum podcast. Uh, we're back with Dr. CJ. Hello. How are you? What's going on? How are you, buddy? I am. Well, it's raining here in New Jersey, but we're not going to be here for much longer. So, you it's know, cold. whatever. It's cold here. It's really cold. I walked out. It's like 52. Oh, my God. I think it's 37 <laughs> here. I had sent, for those of you that don't know, I'm moving to Montana in March. It is going to be negative 30 degrees there next week, which is very exciting. I'm worried about my bodily harm. Anyway, uh, we have Dr. Stephanie, Stephanie Steph Allen here of the Level Up Initiative of Calu. I'm going to try an intro here uh, because I have a lot of bullets here. She is from New Providence, New Jersey. Go Pioneers. She went to Ithaca College. Uh, Ithaca is gorgeous, right? Gorgeous. Yeah. Got it. She is co-founder of the Level Up Initiative, which was fantastic, is fantastic. I was a mentee, no, a mentor. I had a great time. CJ, you were a mentor too, right? Mm-hmm. She is currently crushing the ACL world. She's a big fan of ACL tears. When people get them, she celebrates and helps them get back to whatever they were doing before. And she is uh, currently, are you still, are you at Boston PT and Wellness still? Tuesdays and Thursdays are the last, on the Adaptability Podcast, you are still Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you are no longer. See you later. And Zach just left too, which is cool. Um, Which also, you're married to Zach Gabor? Gaber? Gabor, you got it. We'll yeah. call him Gaber. Um, yeah, and can, just to piss him off, he can do that. Yeah, for sure. He's a he's a hardo in disguise, I think, um, as he would say. And your mom to Penny, which is, uh, she's super cute. What kind of dog is she? Penny is a bunch of different things. We we caved and got the DNA test. Um, yeah, we we were, we were those people because she kept like her coat was changing, her eye color was changing. We were like, "What are you?" Um, so she is actually mostly lab, but almost twenty percent husky as well. And then she's just like a bunch of other things. So CJ says I'm selfish for not having a dog, and no, I not having a dog. You're I disagree. So what? So I'm selfish. So what? Um, When you go to Montana and you have, you know, like land and stuff, you can get it up. They're going to freeze to the ground if I let them outside. Mm. (laughs) Like tongue to the pole. Slicking Joe dirt. (laughs) Um, Now, Steph, you've been talking about ACLs. I think the first first podcast I saw of you was in 2018. Um, And so you've been talking about that for quite some time. Uh, I saw it on your Facebook. You've been on Facebook a long time, by the way. Um, and so for the most part, you talk about ACL a lot. I wanted to deviate from that a little bit because, um, I mean, maybe we'll get to it afterwards, but you just recently underwent knee surgery for the second time yourself. Mm-hmm. What exactly did you have done? Yes. So they did primarily um, what's called an anterior interval release. Um, and so essentially there's an area like the front lateral side of the joint, um, kind of behind the kneecap where scar tissue can develop, but then what happens is it sort of adheres to other shit around it. And so things like either patellar mobility and, or even just end ranges of extension and flexion can be, um, inhibited a little bit, um, Obviously, I didn't just have surgery because I had less range of motion. That wouldn't be enough of a reason for me. But um, 
I was also having, I was losing extension. Um, so that's what made me even look into it. But so that was the main thing they took out the scar tissue in that anterior interval. Um, they shaved down a little bit more of my lateral meniscus and they did chondroplasty on um, a little tiny part of the patella and um, a not so tiny part of my lateral femoral condyle. And you've discovered that chondroplasty is no joke, apparently. Yes. Well, and again, so it's it makes sense to us, right? And what we would tell our patients or clients is to be patient. Like this is something where bone was involved and they basically shaved bone that's already symptomatic. So uh, it would make sense. But then I think we always have, just as humans, we have like these expectations. Um, so I'm almost a month out and there's still, I have to be careful, like how many steps I take in the day and like, you know, so things like walking penny has to be limited and um, that sucks. Um, but, and it doesn't always hurt as much during because there's kind of just like a general ache now, but um, it's more afterwards. It'll get, it'll get kind of puffy and I'm like, shit. <laughs> now, can you, can you like visually tell when it's puffier than before? Because when I was in the clinic, they would be like, it looks swollen. And I'd be like, I mean, they're probably, it's probably not swollen, probably feel swollen, but can you like visually tell when it's. I, I can, um, partially because I think I look at it every day. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's more of, I think like a, and, and I, I know what you're saying as far as like, to me, it won't look necessarily different. Um, but I think the other thing that might even make it appear slightly more swollen to them is how it feels. So I think there's probably also some intra-articular swelling that we might not be able to see, sure. but that they can feel. So like anecdotally, I can feel on days where it, you know, I would say to you that it feels and looks more puffy. Like I can't get into as much flexion before it starts to feel like full. And, um, and I just know that it's just a little bit more, um, cranky. Yeah. Cranky is a good way to put it. CJ, you raise your hand. Yeah, so um, I'm just trying to, I'm kind of interested in like how you got to this point, right? So like where, so two surgeries. So what was the first one? How did that come about? When was it? What's like, what was it between then? And so like kind of give us the, the lead up to what we're currently talking about for those that don't have a in-depth history on you as Joe does, which is still mind-boggling to me. <laughs> I, I'm actually impressed with the pioneers. That was a yeah. Was Listen, a good one. I take this seriously. Ability, his ability to like prep for a podcast is yeah awesome. He's like, here are your notes, and I'm just like, oh great, you did all of like, did someone do this for you? I don't even. Understand. You read the three papers I've sent you, right? <laughs> I did. I read the papers you asked me to read, which is you just like you pulled those out of your ass too. Like those are <laughs> like here. I have these readily available. I'm like why? I'm on it. I'm on it. I know. It looks good. Um, yes. So I will try to be as concise as I can here. Um, I originally tore my ACL when I was 17 playing basketball. I would categorize it as like semi-contact. So I went up for a rebound. There was contact in the air with the defender. And then I came down. Um, I believe I got the ball, but I came down, <laughs> which is really what matters, right? Um <laughs> came down on my right leg and instead of it being like you know landing like a single leg squat it just went valgus like knee went inward um 
And so then I had surgery, I think it wasn't until about three months later. Um, I actually got unknowingly that this is probably what I would have recommended for myself anyway, um, had pretty much no swelling, had mostly full range of motion. I know I had struggled a little bit with full extension um, and did have, uh, they did a, a very small menisectomy as well. Um, that was about, you know, again, like 16, 17 years ago. So um, that was kind of standard. And um, I would attribute needing this second surgery um, or opting to get this second surgery um, kind of to the interim of things that did and did not happen. So I, after the injury, I was a senior in high school, I went to standard PT. I didn't know, I just went to where my insurance took. Um, and I got what you guys would expect that I got, you know, some BOSU balls. I was by far the youngest person in there. Um, by the time I was running, um, I think it might've, it was definitely before 14 weeks. It was between 10 and 12. Running before 14 weeks? Oh yeah. Holy bananas. Was yeah. your, was your quad index at least 70%? They don't know what my quad index was. And I didn't know what my quad index was. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess it was 17 years ago, though. So, oh, like, there was no, yeah, there was so like, no way. The totality of like the like what what it is now, like even at the highest level, right? Like NFL, you just assume NFL and and like high level soccer, right? Like even back then, right? You have like everyone knows the Adrian Peterson story, right? Nine months and blah 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 blah. And it's like, well, you don't spend ten thousand dollars a day on your rehab, right? Anyways, but but 17 years ago, I mean, that's so long ago. So, do you think it was like? neglect lack of knowledge or just the like what we know now was it known then or was it like specifically to the clinic and your situation um I definitely think a combo but as the other thing in my particular situation is I was I did PT over the summer before I went to college mm -hmm. so I had some interest because I knew I was going to PT school but like I still didn't know like exactly either what I was getting or what I should be doing or what I should look into. Um, so I only had rehab, I think for like three and a half or four months tops. And then I went to school and I just didn't do anything else. You know, I was from, from my, you know, view, I was going to the gym, I was running, I was, you know, the only thing that, and again, I'm sure we can touch on this at some point, but nobody ever addressed how freaking scared I was to play basketball. And I just never played again. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing, obviously that like, the big thing like I think physically I probably could have come back fine um sure my quad index was shit <laughs> like there's but both sides like because the the other piece of the story is like end of high school into college definite eating disorder stuff like over more of like overtraining under eating um so I think the combination between that running a crap ton not strengthening enough you know I was lifting but like not really lifting. And um, so I think all of that in combination with, I never got full extension. So like that wasn't prioritized for me. I know it's like a hard thing for me even to like get out of my mouth. Um, but when I think about it now, just knowing that everything structurally for me is lateral, my medial joint compartment's fine. It like looks, it's like annoying to look at the difference between the two because it's like one side is pristine and the other one is terrible. So I was 
looking into that a little bit more and talking to some of my, my mentors, especially Laura, who's out in Montana, you should go see her. Um, and I didn't really have like a screw home mechanism. So I think the way that the joint just kept getting loaded and the fact that maybe my bone density wasn't the greatest. Um, and I had a pretty significant bone bruise with the original ACL surgery, just with the valgus mechanism. So um, I just think it was kind of a little bit of a perfect storm for me. And so I ran a lot. I was continuing to run up until this surgery, just not as much. Um, and I think that it ended up just being like, I kept losing, I was losing extension. The scar tissue was enough that I could like actually see it on the side of my knee, like when I was bending and like um, enough mechanical symptoms that were affecting running, which at this point running and lifting is, you know, the joys for me. So um, that's why I ended up ultimately getting the surgery. It was less about decreasing pain because the pain that I really had was more arthritis related. Um, and I know that that's not necessarily going to go away. It might be slightly improved. Um, but yeah, it was more of maybe, I guess we could put that in the bucket of like from a performance standpoint. When did you start seeing the regression? 17 years is so long, right? And you've been in this for a hot minute. So, um, you know, it was like, right when you like, you started learning about ACLs, you're like, I'm getting one, like I need to have surgery again. Or like, is this more recent? What was the, the corner turned as they say? Yeah, it was definitely more recent. So I always just assumed like, I'm just gonna, you know, I mean, there's been a quad focus in my lifting training for like years, you know, like as soon as, as soon as I really understood. Mm -hmm. Um, so my plan was just to be like, I'm just going to do what I'm doing as long as I can until I need a knee replacement. Um, cause I knew that the symptoms like the, I didn't have symptoms for a few years, but I always kind of like, I would say for the last five to six, um, I would experience what I would consider, although I didn't have anything to compare to what I would consider like arthritis type pain, um, and stiffness. Like I couldn't sit for long periods of time without getting up and needing to feel like I need to like stretch it or move it. Um, but the, it was more recent and even considering surgery, um, because of the really over the last year, it became hard for me to even get into the extension that I knew that I had, even though I knew I didn't have full. Um, and it hurt when I tried to do it. So before I could like kind of force it a little bit and it would just feel a little stiff. Um, and then not only was I losing it, but it bothered me. And then it would sometimes bother me, um, during and after running. And then so it was just one of those things where like, I was like, this is on my mind too much and it's interfering too much with my day-to-day -day stuff that, and even occasionally sometimes with deeper squats, things would bother me. I'm sure that was the, the cartilage stuff, but either way, I was like, it's seeping into the things that I really enjoy doing. So like, let me, let me look into, cause I didn't, I hadn't had any imaging on, since I was 17. So I was like, might be worth a look. And there's, sure. there's a sure. what. So when you, when you recognize that maybe the extension extensor mechanism needed to, to get going, what did your self-implemented plan of care look like? Um, and did it do anything that you can attribute to that intervention? You're saying like, did, did it do anything to help you're saying? Yeah. What, so like when you learned, when you became the ACL guru that you are, and you were like, I need to start doing lots of open chain kinetics. Yeah. What, what did that plan look like? Did you make your own plan? Did you 
um, outsourced help and did it did that plan of care help with getting getting you better quote unquote um, symptomatic presentation? I would say for I think I formally started what we would categorize as lifting um, in like 2015. I actually joined, I don't know if you guys know what strength action is. Um, interestingly enough, they were in 2015, like in a virtual based like coaching program that also would provide programming for you so that you could learn how to coach and, and be coached. Um, Cause outside of sport, I didn't have much knowledge. And I was like, well, school didn't teach me and I don't know what, you know, I need to get beyond the FMS. So, um, so I did that. It was great. Um, I think sometimes how I would structure programming, even for myself or some people is like loosely based off of that. And it was awesome. Um, so that helped because it, it was around that time where I was just like, I need to be stronger in general. So for a while it was outsourced with like, I would just occasionally add in some extra knee extensions or something like that, um, just for like frequency or volume. Um, and then there's been intermittent times in between that 2015 time and, and now, like I spent a whole year, like all of 2018 powerlifting. Um, Heck yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was very, I'm so glad I did it because it was just like, so outside of my comfort zone, like wanted to see what, you know, a string bean type bodybuild could do. Um, so it's like, uh, shout out PPS, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, and, and so there, I actually, I mean, I think I gained like 15 pounds of muscle in that year. Like it was, it was, it was awesome. It was like essentially what I was trying to do, um, and didn't know how to do it. So, um, it was a hamstring issue that took you out, right? Yeah. And that's still a little bit of an enigma because I thought it was high hammy. And then, um, I also thought that it might be a labral tear. Um, and, and, or like I stopped for a little bit after, um, my powerlifting meet, and then I started running again and the pain came back, but it was slightly different. And then I thought it was a bone stress injury. So, yeah. So everything that like started as a high handy, like, and it might've been, I don't know, but mean um, taking singles, max effort singles three times a week for a year. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was actually, to be honest, like it was bothering me a little bit before the meet, but not enough that like I was concerned. And then like the week after, I think it was, um, I think we were doing like good mornings or something like nothing crazy. I mean, for a high handy, it would have been, but it, like, for me, I just, it had, wasn't, hadn't been bothering me enough that I was like, that I was like, no, I don't think I should do that. Um, and after that, I like couldn't sit for like a week. And I was like, all right. Yeah, this cool. is probably something I should actually like treat. <laughs> so did the did the strengthening plan help symptomatically? For my knee? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I would say, I would say yes, that it did. And then I think that um as far as like with the so around that same trying to figure out whether it was high hammy or labral or something else, I did get a DEXA scan and uh, in my left hip and lumbar spine, it was slightly low for my age. Um, so I actually started to implement more plyometrics and things that are obviously going to help stimulate bone growth. So I think around that time, slowly increasing back running, um, heavier squatting and deadlifting, I think it might've just 
that might've also kind of just been like the second wave of like changes in my programming that again, I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily like contributed to the symptoms, but I think maybe, um, you know, all that stuff was there at that point, imaging wise, like it probably would have looked the same. It's just a matter of like when it became symptomatic, I think. Um, and so it was around that time, I think like plyometrics increased running, um, and then ramping back up in weight. And that's when I noticed it. And I just also got to the point where I just couldn't do like even like a double leg pogo hop without my knee hurting. You, uh, you've really been exposed to a lot of medicine. Mm, I have, (laughs) which is, which is kind of counterintuitive. You know, I remember when you were going to a hip specialist, I messaged you and I was like, how do you like, how, from your frame of reference, being in the position that you are with the education that you have, like, how is all this going over? Is there, was there cognitive dissonance? Is there still, if any? Yeah, I would say, so it's interesting, right? And I've, I've talked to Zach about this too. It's like when, when something's going on and it doesn't make sense, especially for those of us who should know what's going on, um, your, your human tendency is to just like search, to be like, well, let me just see if there's like, you know, it doesn't exclude us as clinicians, to be entirely honest. So when I, and then that example of seeing the hip specialist was actually, the whole time I felt pretty dissonant slash at the end of the day, the explanation was that my external rotators had micro tears and that, you know, cause they had diagnostic ultrasound and that, um, I should try shockwave therapy, which is like $1,500 a session. And I was like, a session we need to get into the shockwave business. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to have like a minimum of three for it to work or something like that, of course. So it was hard because like, I also, I should say this, I wouldn't necessarily change it because some of the information I picked up along the way, aside from the narratives that were placed along with it, because I know at this point to ignore half that, but I did actually have, there was a, there was evidence of a small involvement of labrum. So that could have correlated to some of my symptoms um, and might be a consideration in my training as far as like how we would modify things for somebody with labral tear. Um, And the knee imaging was also somewhat validating, if I'm being honest, because I knew something had changed in the last year or two and it wasn't good. And I could probably make it till I need a knee replacement, but like if it can result in me enjoying more the things that I like to do for the time until I get a knee replacement, or maybe a partial in this case, because lateral seems to be the only issue, um, then that was really the ultimate the ultimate reason. And, uh, even the, <laughs> even the surgeon was like, he was trying to be really nice and just tell me not to run anymore. He's like, you know, really promoting biking. And I was like, I understand, I understand what you're doing, but like, you can save it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I definitely, I hear a lot of like parallel things that I would hear from patients from you, which is interesting, you know, like I just know something's wrong. And, you know, once we get the imaging, I'll be able to see what's there. And once I saw what's there, I knew I was right. It's, I mean, it's CJ and I talk about this whenever we have an injury where we like revert back to exactly what you said, like searching. Like when I uh, recently, I mean, Cody Mizrock has been managing my knee and I'll poke on it all the time. I'm like, man, where, where exactly is it coming from? Or, or when I speak, like tweak my back, which I'll, I'll do if I enter a new block too hard, I'll, I'll be like, God, I can't believe that we tell people 
the things that we do, like, it'll be fine. Like I'm dying over here. Please like call the medics because somebody needs to inject something into me immediately. It's just such a, such a weird experience to be in that position where you're like, Oh, I understand now. And so it's like this unfortunate blessing to have gone through crud. Yeah. It's definitely interesting going through it. Like with the knowledge base that I have now versus just not, I mean, again, I think there's pros and cons to both. Cause I just like, I wasn't, I don't remember being like fearful of doing anything like the, I was just like, whatever the PT would let me do. I did times 10 and like, you know, and now I wouldn't say necessarily that there's fear, but just like, you know, a day when it is cranky and like, what did I do? Like, what was it like, was it too much eccentric going down the stairs? Like, who cares? Like, it's just trying to tell you like, so those little things of just that, the little stuff that takes up brain space at this point, like this time around, um, which obviously we can't, you know, you can't filter that out. We are who we are at this point, but it, it's, those are the little things that like, I know weren't there the first time around that made it parts of it a little bit more carefree, if you will. Yeah. I was going to say, you mentioned how fearful you were before that doesn't exist now. I mean, you seem pretty convinced that you're not going to die with that knee. <laughs> True. Um, I would say that I definitely still have fear with basketball. Sure. So with running, it's a very, it's a, that's a comfort zone. And uh, super easy. But even times I've played yeah. up since <laughs> it's been like, it's gotten like, there were a couple of times where I thought I like partially retore. And I technically for all, if you look at my whole history, and because I have the knowledge I do now, I'm at a pretty high risk for retear if I go back to playing basketball for right sure. now. Um, yeah. So it's a lot more of, which I'm okay. Like I've done the self-work and processing at this point, which I should have done or had help doing when I was 17. But um, I'm okay now with kind of just being around it, being involved with it, shooting, playing with my nephew, like, you know, but it, I, it, I would be lying to you if the thought of what could I have done doesn't still come up because I, there were girls I played with in AAU who played on the Ithaca basketball team. Um, so all of our million listeners um, are really interested uh, to two things. One, how old is your nephew? And do you body him up when you play in one of those, right? <laughs> two is you said you, you got, you gained a lot of weight. So we clearly need to know like what your lifts were at peak step. Mm -hmm. And because I'm in CrossFit, I need to know what your, like your 5k is. Cause that's a good balance. That tells like true fitness. Like, you know, where were you at? Where, where, where are peak numbers here? Cause Joe's really strong. And Joe said, Joe just said running is easy, which is so a easy. complete He's lie from coming out of his mouth. <laughs> so um uh i'm really interested in uh, those because that's really what everyone cares about the story is really good but they need yeah to know. yeah we need, we need um, the juice what's your bench bro my Let's nephew <laughs> my nephew is 12 oh. um, and so he's he's more of a baseball player he's a, actually a pretty mm. high level baseball player um but he does play um basketball and i think basketball is the only one, the other one now but i told him and my sister, um, he must play more than one sport <laughs> and he must strength train in any off seasons that he has. So he does both. Um, and I, yeah, actually I would say Zach bodies him more 
Zach likes to likes to screw around with him on the basketball. Any chance court. to flex on somebody else, even if they're 15 years younger than him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty. I'm sure I have a video somewhere um, of, you know, like dunking or something. Be like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mostly, I'll, I'll shoot with him a lot. And actually, like, I played my whole life. So he will sometimes, like, actually ask about, like, you know, shooting advice or anything like that. So um, no real bodying. I think I'm, I think I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm too old for that now. We'll see. Um, gosh, I don't know if I can remember my lifts. Um, yes, you can. At the, at the meet, although that wasn't, not all those were peak. Hang on. So for bench, I want to say 125 pounds. Kilos? Kilos. No, Lord, no. <laughs> 125, but at the time, I think I only weighed like 130. <laughs> Like, um, nice. 135 um and then squat i did get to 205 and then deadlift i think was 235 230 Very respectable i like it it's interesting like, it. like to really see what your body can do because i didn't really even do much barbell work before that year um so Maybe that was a little much too fast, but nah. <laughs> it is basically all centered around rehab now. Um, for the most part, like currently, um, and then prior to this, so I I want to run one marathon. Um, so I know, I know, I know. Um, it's just always been on my list, and I just feel like it. You know, we're so good at it doesn't fit into our life right now or whatever it is. So, um, I originally was trying to maybe plan to try one in the spring. And I think that just the trajectory this far of the knee for this surgery, that's likely not happening. Um, but maybe in the next year, year and a half. Um, so obviously I will need to change training around a little bit for that. Um, but obviously strengthening will, will be a staple of that. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, it was, I did have a coach for a little while, um, who's also a run coach. Um, and I, you know, I do better when I have a coach. So that's something that I think from here on out, whether it's, you know, the run slash strength. Yeah. It just, I, always, it just doesn't, I just don't, I, I want to feel like I'm training hard, you know, not that every day has to be hard. Um, but I like that feeling of like lifting more, running more, eating more. I sleep better. Like I just feel like a better human in general. It's like where, where I am happiest. So um, I think for me, a coach just is a, a huge piece of that. Cause I don't go to the gym motivated and I don't, you know, I'll end up doing a lot of the same things as, as much as we spend time programming for other people. It's like the last thing I want to do is program for myself. hundred percent. I've had a coach for, almost all of my CrossFit career yeah. and like it's the best and now I train the least I've trained in 10 years like by a landslide and it's the most value I've ever gotten out of a coach without a doubt I believe yeah. it yeah poor Cody gets text messages from me three times a day well see I don't I'm do the, that I'm not a needy athlete You're I'm, a needy the athlete. I'm the 20 I'm the 20 percent 
<laughs> I take no, 80% the, of his energy. 80%. Yeah, you're the 80%. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. So I'm curious, in, in your times of need, what was Zach like <laughs> as a caregiver? Was he like, you know, get get up those stairs by yourself. I'm not doing the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, if I would let him, he would do everything for me, but, uh, I'm a little bit it. more of the, the prideful, um, you know, although I will say that what I have been maybe not happy about, but willing to, to hand over to him has been more of Penny, um, unfortunately, cause she's pretty active. So, that's one thing right now that I'm just, I know that I can't like in order for me to go at the pace that I need to for my knee right now, it just, that's one thing that I'm just going to have to hold on for a little bit, but yeah. So grade uh, a caregiver. Got it. Probably exactly what you would think. Yeah. I can <laughs> yeah. see it. Let's bring you br- grilled cheese and, uh, and, uh, cereal and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess not anymore. He definitely one of those first couple weeks, but I'll talk to him. Um, <laughs> What can you comment on the seemingly popular trend of uh, physical therapy influencers getting surgery in the last couple of years? Because we have you, we have Wesley Wang, Sam Spinelli, uh, Teddy Willsey, uh, Teddy, right? Teddy, Willie. Teddy Willie. Yeah. Did he, have an, did he have another sur- shoulder surgery? Or are you talking about the? I, think, I don't know if I'm aware of all of these. I think. <laughs> are you like? Is it? You think it's just for clout? People are getting surgery just so they can make content? What? Yeah, exactly. Because I know you're oh, getting ACL Resolve content out of this, right? I watch it. Not as much as I should. Um, <laughs> 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 write that down. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't think about that in my decision, um, but I also think it's interesting too, like the people you mentioned also, except for maybe Sam, although Sam, I know when, Sam's not that much younger than me. Um, I, I think they're also similar or if not slightly older than me. And I just think that if you had a previous injury, like, I don't know, I hate to blame things on age, but it's like, you're, as you get older and if you're super active or whatever, you're just exposed things to more, you know, you just have more exposures if you're, if you're active and or playing a sport or something competitive. So maybe it's more that, um, just that like, it's in the, in the like, you know, life cycle of having an injury that it's, you know, if it's something orthopedic that you had surgery for, it's not uncommon that I think like 10, 15, 20 years later, that there might be something that you might sure. also need, you know? Um, but that's but I, mean, a, I think that's a good rumor to start. Yeah, I, I just did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people are going out of their way just to create content. It's really a big problem. And I think that we should address it at some point. I will, um, I will say though, that um, I do feel that people, especially for those of us are, who are in maybe like in more of a leadership role or we're a clinician or a coach, mm-hmm. um, like showing that there's like some days after surgery that just suck, like it it's definitely relatable to some people because I think in general, especially Instagram just ends up being like, oh, look what I can do with this week or like a friggin' highlight reel when it's like, no, like I actually could do less this week than I could last week and it sucks. <laughs> so sure. I think it can almost be comforting for some people too now that I think about it. 
Um, and hopefully that's what it is instead of just, you know, showing what I can do. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about because surgery sucks. I mean, people don't realize when they come in, they, they're like, I'm, let's just, let's just get it fixed and I'll deal with everything after. And it's like, mm. I mean, I understand. I personally, I think that we should have potential surgical p- patients come and shadow like post-op rehab. <laughs> Yeah. When people are crying or when like things aren't going our way or when I'm crying in front of the bed, like it just, you know what I mean? Cause it's (laughs) such a, it's such a nightmare. Not all the time, but it's certainly not. I mean, it's been a while since you had surgery. What, was there anything unexpected or that, that didn't meet your predictions? Mm, I think the only things that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. (laughs) It's like, um, partially my, my own expectations of like, oh yeah, like I, I forgot that it like, it's, it's like weird walking and you have to, you know, but I, for the most part, I think it was, it was what I expected, except for, I think kind of like what I mentioned before is just like, because this particular surgery, I actually haven't, I haven't worked with on the clinician side of somebody having like, or, or like chondroplasty was part of something else that kind of like took precedence in the protocol or, um, um, but like anterior interval release, I like had started researching that like a month before I got it. Like, I didn't, you know, like I knew I've never heard of it. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that it actually had a name. I thought it was like, you know, a common area where scar tissue can develop, but I didn't know, like, I thought it was just scar tissue removal, you know? You thought the surgeon was um, going to be like, you got stuff there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it, it was, I think it's mostly the mismatch um, in our expectations that like, I thought I had a handle on, but like, again, in the theme of this conversation, like I'm human and you can't be objective with anything when it's yourself. So, you know, being a month out and I thought, you know, we ended up not being able to use the tickets, but I had bought Celtics tickets for tomorrow night. There's no way I would have been able to walk up and down all those stairs and like go out in, in like North Boston and not without, not without it feeling crappy the next day. This is where Zach carries you around like a backpack. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Backpack. (laughs) Backpack for sure. It's called rucking. Um. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bring it to a close here. I, there was a couple. There was one more point that I wanted to make. This is you and I have similar origin stories as far as getting into physical therapy, and I'm happy that we hurt ourselves. I shattered my finger in high school under a dumbbell, and it's still not connected. But I it catapulted me into this rehab world, and it sounds like you're um, that faithful night on the the Pioneers Court is is something similar so i'm happy yeah. that you ruptured your acl <laughs> yeah i would i would say in retrospect especially and maybe i have to because now my business is based around that but uh <laughs> i retrospectively i would say yes it was a uh, a blessing in disguise yeah. cj what was your uh origin story way less altruistic um you wanted to look <laughs> yoked no, no way. I was in I was in the strength world prior, so I'm I'm less yoked or less apt to be yoked now. Um, no, I knew there was a better monetary opportunity than strength and conditioning. 
Interestingly enough, as I say that, the first million dollar strength coach was signed. Well, the first million dollar contract was signed at Oregon State uh, or Oklahoma State like yesterday. So, um, but that would have been eight years of some, it's, it was really bad. Like we're talking like in the low thirties, high twenties back in 2012 for assistant strength coaches at North Dakota agriculture and farm state university, uh, you know, <laughs> like, so, and that's where you got to go. So that, that was why I, I knew there could be a better opportunity. And now I look at that. I end up coaching anyways, um, which kind of leads me to my next, um, question which is probably but it's about you so you you're not in the clinic anymore at all Mm -mm. okay so you just do remote rehab or wellness or whatever you call it to avoid things (laughs) it's technically coaching yes um but that's oh you're my hero that's right (laughs) i love it that's what we do anyway right Um, hey you don't have to tell me Man, oh my gosh, I've had so many arguments of people like, oh, I'm not licensed in this state. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No one cares. It's There's just no PT police. I think the I think the landscape is changing. Um Good. what I was realizing was just that even for I mean, my caseload was probably 90% ACL in the clinic. And before I dropped hours, it was like, if you think about, I think I was at 36 hours or something like that, like slightly short of 40 clinical hours. But for those who have an ACL injury and, you know, they're not the only ones, but particularly for them where we know how quickly we need to get on strength because the people that have the deficits longer have not as great outcomes. So we need to get things going as quickly as possible. And, you know, we worked in a great environment where we could treat how we wanted, but it was still in clinic insurance model where their session is 30 minutes long mm-hmm. and I can be with them for as much of that time as I want. And our aides were great. Um, but outside of that, you know, ideally we could keep them there for like 60 minutes and work them hard, get them sweating and stuff, but because of physical bodies, they need to go. Like they need to, they can't, they can't mm-hmm. be in the space unless you have a huge space for too long. So between that, um, and, you know, programming for a bunch of people outside of the clinic that wasn't compensated half the time they weren't doing it because they're high school kids and they have other shit going on, which I get. Um, it was just, you know, that coupled with the fact that I realized that even my like immediate postdoc people, I wasn't really putting my hands on them, like pretty much ever. Um, and it started to make me think like, okay, if I could have more tabs on what people are doing most days of the week, um, and be able to check in with them likely in between sessions or kind of as needed, like, wouldn't that serve them better? Um, and also allow me to like, not just feel a constant state of overwhelm. Um, so yeah, that's how I even started to think about it. Cause if you had asked me like three, four years ago, like if I would, or if you had, would have told me three or four years ago that I'd be out of the clinic doing my own thing, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's so uh, great. All yeah, of this I mean, conversation makes me so happy. Oh, by the way, there is a bell curve of feeling overwhelmed. There is a there's a lim- there's a number limit. I promise. <laughs> I've been there. But anyways, I'm super pumped for you. That's so awesome. I've been trying to convince every person in this space for five years now that this is what to do. So it's awesome to see. You guys have way more influence than I do. I'm just like the CrossFit opinionated like loud guy in the corner over there. That has bad grammar when he makes Instagram posts. Um, you matter, CJ. But, 
No, it's okay. I'm totally fine with that. But um, so it's cool to see this like switch. I like looking at Zach's stuff and I'm like, hey, look, I posted that in 2017. <laughs> I'm like, look You're at like that. You're like a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> it so was cool. I'm, I'm so happy that it's I making, mean, it's it's doing its thing. Not only that, but it removes that need for instant feedback where it might not be necessary like mm-hmm. I, if you're in the clinic you're just staring at them you're like it looks great i mean are you though fine. see that's the other thing are you staring at them you're probably well not. i mean that's in a the, huge thing in right? the positions where steph and i were we had one-on-one access to people right, you're just true. you're just with them and you're yeah, like for the most part i mean there's that commission bias to try and tell them something helpful every time they ask you a question and, and with the remote stuff you're like just not there you're like this week looked great. Keep it up. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. We only have a few minutes. Uh, I like to end on some fun stuff. So Sweet. I have I have a couple questions about New Jersey because you don't seem very New Jersey. What? And what do you mean? Well, that's what I'm so how long did you're you You're not the first person who said that? So that's why yeah, I'm so <laughs> I mean you're very soft spoken nice you don't i've never seen you angry i've not been around you very often but i mean i've known you for a few years there, there's never a as an instance where i could picture you doing new jersey traffic stuff if you know <laughs> what i mean like does that happen what like road rage and stuff yeah yeah just drive with my dad ah i got you yeah <laughs> yeah that okay good i mean i i i drive with intent like I am, you know, I'm not a uh, passive driver, but if, I also don't if we had really a dash cam, it. would we hear a lot? Um, probably not. Mm, all right. Uh, Zach's I'm sure Zach probably says a lot. Uh, yeah, he's just usually talking. <laughs> That's true. Um, next question, favorite Jersey Shore character. <laughs> oh, you want to know something funny? I never really, I didn't watch it like all the way through. Um, but, um, oh my God, why am I going to forget her name now? Of course I'm going to, because you put me on the spot. I should just list them. The short little one. Yeah. Snooki. Yeah. 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 She was always hilarious. Yeah. Awesome. And I felt like she wasn't like really like, I didn't feel like she caused any of the real drama. She was just like, so ridiculous that. You got to go back and watch the first episode. (laughs) She, she packed her bag. She was getting ready to go home. My wife and I just started rewatching it, so that's why. why do you nostalgia, man? Call me every day and talk about how much work you have to do, and you're yes, rewatching. But I Jersey need a break Shore. sometimes. With Jersey that's Shore, funny. Art. we we just started. Okay, well, not just started. We're actually almost done, but we started watching Game of Thrones because I had never seen it. Oh, um, so great to watch! I know, through. I know. Everyone's like, "You haven't watched it." I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch it." Yes. Um, what do you think? I love it. I mean, there's people yeah. there that I like, like I like have a visceral reaction to. Oh yeah, for sure. Them, but like, like stab Joffrey, hundred percent. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, and Cersei just needs to go. But mm-hmm. um, but other than that, I think it's very clever, and it is not maybe as predictable as some other things I've watched. Oh, absolutely not. Um, no, I'm enjoying it. But that's it. Like we've we've started to do that because I, I definitely fell into. I'm almost, almost two years having my own business. And it's very, like, I'm sure this is not uncommon for people. Like, especially if you're working from home, you'll just work all the time. 
so that I was like always finishing stuff up at night and like even after dinner and we were both like let's just do something that like normal people do and like watch a show (laughs) um so it's been good and it's actually like after that we we wind down and we read and I you know it helps me go to sleep and everything so I, I feel a little bit more balanced nice and I have one more one more thing I'm going to share my screen and I want your initial reactions on a picture um that that did you oh, take a picture from my Facebook millions of people are going to see this so make sure it's uh, screen sharing is pause is it working something. yeah <laughs> where's that from on your Facebook that's hilarious pretty great right wait how did I put that up oh was that on my story I think I sometimes, know. I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes it like, I have like, I mean, this might be more of your master's athlete comment, but I think it like cross posts on my Instagram too. And I just like, don't know. So yeah. that's probably what happened. I think I was making fun of them because that's usually what I do. Actually, I'll send you a video after this that I'm debating whether or not I'm going to put on Instagram as a story because Zach has this shtick where uh, when we go to the gym in the morning, He'll like put on it started with like Fort Minor one morning and he put it on and like blasted it and was like saying like just gave me like a rocky speech and we're going to the YMCA at like eight in the morning and it's just like so over the top and ridiculous I was like I'm gonna film you one day so I got it this morning <laughs> nice yes please <laughs> if you don't post it send it to us yeah I probably will do it and just he won't care <laughs> all right Steph where can where can people find you online hopefully yes i do not have a website yet that is a goal for um early to mid 2023 um also it's just a little daunting for me but um but i know it can be done um so yeah i am mostly on instagram it's just stephallen.dpt um and obviously we're all things Kalu as well. So it's either the Level Up Initiative on Instagram or Clinical Athlete on Instagram. Um, yep. Yeah, that's where I live. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.